You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Good morning. Good morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. With me today, this is going to be so much fun. This is uh, a guest that I have had on before, and she is back by popular demand because the information she provides is so critical to people not only in the online world, but in the offline world, too. So uh, join me in welcoming back Alita Cetroen. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Great. Now, let me give Lita's bio very quickly so that everyone knows a little bit about her. Lita Citroen is a branding and reputation management guru, speaking for designing the identities of companies, executives, and professionals around the globe. She is an author, speaker, and consultant who is passionate about helping entrepreneurs and business leaders tap into what makes them unique and then lay out a strategy to position themselves more effectively. Lita is often featured in the media, including Fortune Magazine, Forbes.com, Harvard Business Review, KUSA 9 News, Fox 31 News, and Colorado Biz Magazine. She spends a lot of her work helping clients and audiences learn how to brand themselves online. The one thing that Lita doesn't mention in her bio is she works extensively with groups of military veterans to really help them. And I just wanted to publicly say, you know, how great I think that is. So welcome, Lita. Thank you, Deb. Great. You know, we we seem to maybe have a bad connection. Let me check here with my engineer. He's having a little trouble hearing you. Um, hearing me? Yes. Oh, wait, there you're oh. better. Okay, is that better? That is much better, and he has better oh, on my end. You're a little echoey, he says. <laughs> okay, let me go off headset. Is that better? Yes, that is much better on my end. Let's check with the engineer. Hello, engineer. Do I hear an echo? He says, keep going, so we're sounding better. Okay, okay. here we are. We're, we are on. It's funny, my headset works better than if I just use my, my straight phone. But, um, you know, first, let's talk about what someone's personal branding, personal reputation is, and even what it means and why we should care about it. Well, when I talk about personal brand, the easiest way to get people to understand that is to think about it as a reputation. So when we think about company brands, we think about, you know, the feelings that they make us have. You know, BMW makes us feel sexy and um, a, a prestige perception of status. Um, you know, Walmart makes us feel like we're going to have a good value. So when we think about people and personal brands, I, I like to say it's, it's what is that feeling or that expectation that your reputation is going to create with other people. Right. So when, when we hear Deb Creer, do we think, you know, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun, I'm going to get a lot of information, or do we have that feeling that, yeah, gosh, it's going to be difficult to deal with her? And if we think about our personal brand as the reputation and the expectation that other people have of what it's going to be like to be in business with us or mm-hmm. be in a relationship with us, 
then it really becomes important how we show up in person and also how we show up online. Right. You know, and, and I was watching one of your videos. Um, Lita has quite a few videos online that talk about personal branding. And one of the things that, that you talk about several times is a first impression. You know, what mm-hmm. do we, you know, when we see someone, you know, we judge someone by their clothes, by, you know, all of those various things. And what happens online is we're judging someone based on what we see on their posts, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's a combination. And I think that's where quite a few people trip themselves up. Well, and, and the fact of the matter is judgment is natural. Um, right. We judge as human beings. That's one of the traits that makes us different from animals, mm-hmm. is that we can judge and assess. And unfortunately, what our mothers told us growing up, that it doesn't matter what other people think about you, really doesn't hold true, especially in the business world, because mm-hmm. it does matter. If I perceive you to be someone that I don't want to do business with, right or wrong, it's going to affect the way I assign you to value. Online, you know, it can be that one offhanded comment Mm-hmm. Or that one photograph that looks inappropriate that causes us to judge that person as careless and maybe, um, you know, poor judgment that I don't want to do business with, I don't want to take a risk with. So I always say with personal branding, and, and this does go online as well, we're striving for consistency, not mm-hmm. perfection. Right. We're, we're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to say something we didn't mean to say. But if you can strive for consistency, then your audience will forgive those one-off mistakes and look at the bigger picture. Right. You know, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's a job candidate, which, you know, I want to get into more detail about that, uh-huh. or somebody who, you know, you're, you're thinking about doing business with or just somebody that you want to hang out with. You What you have posted online is so very important, especially if you haven't met them in person. Very much so. Uh, because, again, we, we form opinions of people. And if somebody... Um, post things that we really don't want to be associated with, then we want to distance ourselves from that person. And that, you know, that works well for us. It might not work well for the person who wasn't paying attention to what they were posting. Right. You know, and, and of course the, the tricky thing comes in that, you know, we might think our post was funny or sarcastic Uh or, you know, we were wanting to generate discussion and we don't understand how it was interpreted by someone else. Well, that's really where it, it starts any personal branding process starts by having a strategy. You want to be intentional and you want to be focused, but you have to know to what end. You know, what Mm -hmm. are you striving to accomplish? So in my personal brand, you know, it's very much about the generosity. Um, That's where all my work with military and veterans comes in because I Mm -hmm. share a lot about that. Um, It is about being authentic and being approachable and being known as someone who's passionate about this topic. So when I make those posts, when I create content online or in person, it is always designed intentionally to meet that strategy. Um, and then I'll support it with things which make me look like, you know, and appear like a more well-rounded human being. I talked about my family. I'll talk about my friends and things that I'm doing. But my strategy is very clear in what I'm hoping to accomplish by building my reputation. Right. You know, and, and it is something that, as you said, it takes thought. You know, it takes planning. And, you know, it doesn't really matter why you're online, but you should be thinking about how someone can interpret that. Because you might think you're just there for fun, and the people you're connected with are thinking, you know, we were going to call her in for an interview, but mm, maybe not so much now. Well, and even if you're just using social media for fun, it goes back to that being intentional and being 
um, being focused on what you're trying to do. So if you're having fun but you're being inappropriate, you're right. That does create an impression. Um, but if you're using social media to be strategic and to build out your reputation and become known as and found as, uh, then you want to have your keywords down. You want to have the image from a physical standpoint that you're trying to project, and you want to have your messaging down. Right. Um, you know, and make sure that you have a strategy for, for promoting that in a way that's authentic and engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's so many, you know, personal branding, I always say, is very simple. Um, what I teach uh, is not rocket science, but it's not easy because it does require, as you said, that you do the work first. You define how you want to be known. You define what reputation you want for yourself. And then you set out to be very integrated. And all these touch points have to come together. But it's it's very intentional. I want to make sure that whoever finds me online and starts to see what I sound like and what I write like and what I am passionate about, when they meet me in person, you know, it's always connected to that in-person experience. Mm -hmm. In person, they find the same person. Right. Um, and they know what to expect because if they don't want someone like me, let's not waste each other's time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people miss that opportunity and they try to present themselves differently online than they are in person. And that, that's a missed opportunity. Right. You know, and, and I think that is so critical is, you know, we might think, well, I'm a little more funny, maybe a little less serious, you know, something like that in the real world. But I want to present that serious persona online or, you know, the other way around. Maybe when you're doing business with someone, they're very serious, but online they want to be funny. And that comes back to exactly what you were th- saying with being authentic. Yeah, it, it really is because I think with social, when social media started, we, we all kind of played with different sides of ourselves online. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a free-for-all because there was this veil of anonymity that we felt. Even though we were using our name and our picture, you know, we, we formed relationships, we had dialogue, we promoted things, we tested concepts because we felt a little bit anonymous. It was going into this box known as a computer. Mm-hmm. And what we found probably within the first five years is that the online community demanded one thing above all else, and that was authenticity. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't authentic, I mean, you had an online community that was willing to out you very publicly Oh, definitely. Um, and we saw that. We saw that with so many campaigns and advertising campaigns and, and just, you know, uh, people tr- misrepresenting who they were. And it was, it was scary. So then we saw the recourse, which was people just pulled back and said, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm not even going to go there because it's too scary. And we've kind of settled into this place. And what I advocate is be yourself. You know, don't be inappropriate. Don't, sh- don't share client information. Don't disparage your, your coworkers or your employers. Um, but, but people want to know who you are. I find that the blogs that I get the most traction on are, it's, it's kind of 50-50. It's the ones where I give, you know, the top 25 tips for maximizing your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. But then it's also the ones where I talk about what it was like to go back to a high school reunion and feel all that insecurity again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my audiences, and I think they're across, I mean, they're across the world, feel a connection to me as a human being as well as someone who can give advice and Mm -hmm. that's where we kind of found the sweet spot of social media well and i think that's where some business owners or professional people trip themselves up you know one of the the things they tell me is i don't have time so i'm going to hire someone to do my posting right well you know if it means not posting at all you know i kind of have to go with well maybe it is better sometimes to have somebody posting but 
it, they kind of peek behind that curtain pretty quickly and figure out it's not Bob Smith or Mary Jane who's doing the posting herself. She has somebody else doing it, and then they lose that authenticity. And, and it, 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 it is definitely doable, but it takes a lot of skill, and you're right. absolutely right. And, mm-hmm. and we do that on behalf of clients because by the time we've done all the branding and we've put mm-hmm. all the messaging right. in place, our clients feel very comfortable that we can speak on their behalf. I will do that for a period of time, but my goal is always to get my clients to understand how to use the tools. Mm-hmm. So it is it is more of a coaching experience, right. and mm-hmm. we'll talk through what should that post look like. Let's think about how that could be taken positively. Could it be taken negatively? Are you willing to, you know, hurdle that 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 bridge? And let's see how it supports your vision for how you want to be known. Mm-hmm. And over time, you can actually coach people. And then when they see the engagement come back, it is really cool. But right. I always say, you know, you wouldn't turn it over to your nephew mm-hmm. in the same way that if you were given an opportunity to do a Super Bowl ad, you wouldn't turn that exposure over to your nephew. It's the right. same thing. Um, you're turning over your reputation, and you need to take it seriously. Well, and it's so difficult, if not sometimes impossible, to fix it when it's gone wrong. Um, it, it's it's not impossible. I can tell you that's it's a difficult. lot of what I'm doing these days. <laughs> um, interesting, because I never I never set out to do sort of damage control, right. uh, mm-hmm. personal branding, but I'm doing a lot of that um, internationally and. There, there are uh, definitely things you can do. You know as well as I do that the Google Analytics and the Google um, algorithms can be affected through reputation management, mm-hmm. through keyword and SEO and all that. Um, but it's, but it's a lot of times what I find is when there's damage, people go away. So they, they just sort of run away from online, and then the only information that's found online is, is the damaging the information. Right. So oftentimes it's just creating a strategy that allows for a proactive approach mm-hmm. and knowing that it takes time. Um, I have done that with very high-profile people and people who weren't high-profile, but you Google their name and all of a sudden this is what came up and it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely doable. I, I would not say it's impossible. Well, and you, you brought up a, a good point. One of the things that I think everybody should do is Google your own name. You know, see oh, yeah. what is out there. You know, it could be that it's somebody with the same name as you, but not you. And maybe they mm-hmm. did something very bad. Um, you know, and, and you can yep. set Google alerts. You can get notified when your name is, is used. You, I'm, I'm guessing have, you know, an uncommon enough name that it's not going to happen where you get somebody else. For me, it's, I'm lucky. There's only three or, or two or three other Deb careers in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I get a Google alert, nine times out of ten, it's my own information. But it is always good to see what's out there. And, you know, what, what would somebody, you know, maybe they're getting ready to have a business meeting with you, call you in for a job interview, they Google you, what will they find? Well, and there's two things in that. So, obviously, Google yourself, and you want to put your name in quotes. Um, because most likely someone's going to enter your first and last name. If you have a really common name, and interestingly, a lot of my clients have really common names, um, then you want to put a city or a country or a state because it will narrow it down. And somebody mm-hmm. looking to hire you in that in that state will most likely be going through a channel on Google that would, right. would limit it to the location. Um, I have had clients whose names were shared with people who committed felonies in their same industry, and it was mm-hmm. not our client. 
So it does happen a lot, and there are things you can do. I mean, just even as simple as sometimes using your middle initial, making mm-hmm. sure your photograph is on there. Um, Googling yourself is one thing, but the Google Alerts, I think, is is completely underused by people. And, and a Google Alert is where you actually go into Google and say, anytime these names or these words in this order are used, send me a message. So I might use Lita Citroen, Lita 360, or I might just use Lita 360. Now, Lita 360 also happens to be a plumbing part, and it's manufactured in North Dakota. <laughs> oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was interesting when I did a trademark thing. But, you know, there's no confusion of which is right. Mm-hmm. I hope. Yes. Uh, but, but here's the other thing. We can do Google Alerts on the companies that we're trying to get hired by. We mm-hmm. can set Google. I set Google Alerts on all my clients. Right. So it adds value. It's not just for my own name and my own reputation, which, of course, I have to monitor. But imagine that job seeker who's trying to get in with a large company or an individual. They can set up a Google alert on that person, mm-hmm. and then they look really on top of things when they're sending a message to that person saying, you know, thank you for the interview. I saw this um, piece that you were just quoted in, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think your comments were excellent or something, and that person really feels like you're – um, you know, paying attention and you're watching right. the trend. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and if you go into the interview with that information, that's mm-hmm. a, a great thing. You know, you can go in, you can be doing your little small talk that you do in, in interviews and say, Hey, I happen to see that you were just awarded, you know, the, the business owner of the year award or whatever it is. They right. will be so impressed that you have researched them in advance. And really all you did was set a Google alert. You know, this is not a complicated process, but it takes time and it takes planning. And even if you just do a search for that person, you know, there's, there's, there's creepy searching and then there's, you know, approved searching. And if you look at somebody's LinkedIn profile or you do a Google search on them, public information is public information. But if you go in there talking about the fact that, hey, I saw your house just went into foreclosure because I pulled a, you know, a credit report, that's creepy information. But if you say, I understand you went to Pomona College in Claremont because I saw that on your LinkedIn, that's information that they've made public. So there's always a little bit of discretion there. You have to be careful acknowledging things that might be under that confidentiality veil, even though you found it online. Well, and I always tell somebody, hey, I saw on LinkedIn, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That way they don't think I'm the stalker. Uh, you know, right. and, and I think it's a, it, LinkedIn is definitely an underutilized tool for doing that, but people do look at what's going on on somebody's Facebook. You know, they, they search for them there. And that does tend to be the more personal information. So really, you know, be leery about using that because somebody, you know, they might not have their privacy settings the the way that they should be and they're getting information out there that they shouldn't. So, yeah, you know, for example, you wouldn't want to go into an interview and say, hey, I saw on Facebook that your daughter was just, you know, they're thinking, wait a minute, what did you read about my daughter? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, be very judicious about what you're saying. Exactly. Now, you know, one of the things you talked about was if someone has some information that has been damaging, you want to, to drive stuff up. And that's that's a great thing to do because in the Google search, it wants new information. So, you know, if you're doing blog posts, if you're doing all of these things that are positive, it will drive that negative down. Well, you it, it looks for activity, but it also looks for credible activity. Right. So I've had a lot of people say, you know, I go on to all these blogs and I just put, hey, great post. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as Google, we always say, has a brain, it is an algorithm um, and, and it, it is indexing sites and it is indexing, it's indexing content. 
So when you're posting on either somebody else's blog or you have your own blog and you're trying to be found for certain keywords, it's really important that you make those comments or those posts strategic. So they're going to have those keywords. There's going to be a frequency of keywords. You're going to try to get other people to link to those comments or link to those blogs. That's when Google says, huh, this wasn't just a random one-off post. This person really is a subject matter expert, and they're being found now for these keywords. So it, it goes hand in hand. It isn't just about you know blasting your name all over the Internet trying mm-hmm. to get the bad information to be pushed down. Um, there really is a, there's a formula for it, and that's what these big companies that are out there teaching or, or you know, soliciting companies to rebuild their reputation or repair their reputation. That's really all that they're doing. And it's mm-hmm. something that anybody could do if you took the time and you had the focus. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's always good to, you know, say you're, say I'm commenting on your blog. You know, I don't want to just say, hey, great. You know, I want to have researched you more, you know, have a, a good informative comment to your post, all of those things, because maybe, uh, you know, it's somebody that I'd want to develop a relationship with and, and, you know, business professional relationship and, you know, go further from that. So it's, it's never good just to go on and say, hey, great, liked your post, you know. And we're we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of people who want to hang on someone else's reputation. And unfortunately, one of the biggest ones that we're seeing is this LinkedIn endorsement. Oh, um, don't like that. People people I have never met, never heard of, are endorsing me for everything, and then they show up on my LinkedIn profile. Um, You know, we see that with Twitter. We see that with um, even Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you have to be be careful, you know, especially if, if you're the one being linked to, but also the one evaluating them. So if you see, right. you know, President Obama has endorsed Deb Creer for social media, you know, was that really his, his <laughs> profile that did that? We'd like right. to think so. Um, but, but, you know, it is a buyer beware environment. Mm-hmm. Well, and you bring up something very important on Facebook is, you know, people will try and, and uh, use tagging to yep. literally get on somebody's coattails. So I always yep. recommend to people go into your personal settings and tr- and fix it so that you have to give permission for the tag to either show up in a picture or in a post. You know, most of the time it's it's appropriate, but you always want to review it first. You know, I've had people who there was a, a gentleman one time that tagged me in a political cartoon. It was an extremely inflammatory political cartoon, and for those who are a little uh, unfamiliar with Facebook what happens is if you know when this gentleman tagged me in that that cartoon it showed up to everyone i was connected with and in in that way it looked like i had supported it i had endorsed it you know all of those things i immediately removed the tag this was before i had my settings changed and i went to him and i said excuse me <laughs> what the heck yeah. And his response was well i knew how that you were connected with a lot of people and i knew that this was a good way to get it out there and i went oh, Unfriend. <laughs> you you actually taught me that, Deb. Um, you taught me that tip, and um, and it, it same thing. I mean, people just want to they want to link link to your contact, and a lot of times that's fine. But I would rather be the one in control of that. And I think last night I sent a message to all my Facebook friends, acknowledging several people I'm connected to who, like me, do a lot of work to help veterans, and I wanted to call that out. Um, you know that authentic, that's real, these are people I know that are committed to working with veterans in transition, that's very different than tagging somebody, especially if the photograph's inappropriate or offensive. 
Well, and, you know, tagging people in locations is always a little tricky, too, because, you know, maybe you didn't tell your boss that you were going to, you know, such and such luncheon and somebody tagged Mm -hmm. you there. Might be for business, might not be for business. So, you know, you want to make sure that that tagging feature is set so that you have that control over it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Completely agree. You know, and, and it's, it's pretty simple. You know, the other thing to remember on Facebook is if it's on your page, you have the right to control it. So if somebody posts something on your wall that you don't like, if they make a comment that you don't like, you can delete it. You know, if you think it's inappropriate, if you, if you really think it's inappropriate, go back to them and say, hey, you know, this, this was not, not something that, that I wanted to see. I had somebody post their phone number, their home phone number one time, and I deleted it and I, you know, I sent her a quick private message and I said, you know, that, that just not something that I advise to do. <laughs> and I didn't want everyone seeing your home phone number or your home address or, you know, some things like that. So yeah, it was, I saw it on my wall and I thought, oh, no, yeah, I'm going to delete that. I've only ever had one problem where somebody posted something and used language that was extremely inappropriate. And I did. I went back to him and I said, I don't care what you do on your page, but on my page, you don't do that. Well, and we use the, you and I are using the word appropriate. Um, what's appropriate for you might right. be different than what's appropriate yes. for me. Mm-hmm. So if your brand and part of your strategy is, is to become known as someone who is provocative about politics, mm-hmm. then that's completely appropriate for you. If right. it's not, um, you know, I keep religion and politics off of my my online profiles for the most part. I mean, I'm not afraid to say I feel very blessed. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to have a photograph taken of me with a cross on, but I... It isn't part of my message in mm-hmm. in the same way that other things are part of my message. So if I'm tagged in something that is overly political or overly religious in a way that might offend people, that's not part of how I'm trying to build my reputation. But I am connected to people who are. Right. And for them, it works. For them, it absolutely works. And if they were to take a more neutral position, it would look um, incongruous with with how they're building their reputation. Yes. Because as you said, they do have to be authentic, um, you know, and, and, yes. and with that, they need to realize, and hopefully they do, that sometimes, you know, swearing like a sailor might be taken by, you know, by somebody else as, as inappropriate. But, you know, they can't, they shouldn't have to change who they are just to be online. They just need to recognize that there are consequences. And that's the same in person. Mm-hmm. That's the same right. in person. I mean, if, if you want to start a conversation with me about, you know, what's going on on Capitol Hill right now and you, and you want to get heated about it, I'm going to be as reluctant to do that in a public meeting mm-hmm. or in a networking situation as I am online. So Definitely. it goes the same on in person. And I think sometimes, again, we think that it's, there are different rules for social media. Now, it is more public. So we need to always keep that in mind. And you and I might have a conversation, and you might forget the conversation. I might forget the conversation. But if we have that conversation on Facebook, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. And it's there for everyone else to see. So it's as right. if we both had microphones on, and we're being mm-hmm. recorded when we have that, with, you know, at a networking party. Right. You know, and, and it does get tricky, especially with managing your online reputation, because I tell people, you know, it, it kind of turns us all into eighth graders. We are who we associate with. You know, and, and I've had clients that I've worked with who have had, you know, friends that when I've looked at their posts on social media or their responses to posts, I've thought, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it, it is, it, you do have to be strategic about it. If, if there's somebody that, 
know, if you're friends with somebody who really is going to post things that can jeopardize, say, a job for you or a client, mm-hmm. then you might have to at least temporarily rethink, you know, being their friend online. And I hate to say that, but it is just kind of like, you know, it, it, would you show up to a job interview with the person who has, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the obscene tattoos or something like that? You know, because that is kind of it. We carry with us who we associate with online. Absolutely. It's reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, it, it is tricky because we like our friends, whether it's somebody, you know, and, and this is obviously on Facebook as opposed to something like LinkedIn. You know, some of the people we're connected with, we've probably been friends with since we were little kids. Some of the people we've probably never met. But if you were to meet them all in one room, you know, in, in person, what would that look like? And that kind of is what it's like if somebody's checking you out online. Well, I love your example of what you bring them to a job interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you, Deb, do you think that people should have or, or it's appropriate to have a sort of public Facebook and a personal Facebook where those friends that may be a little bit more inappropriate you can interact with? It, well, the, the tricky thing with that is, according to Facebook's rules, you can't have more than one personal page. So, you know, if you want to do something like that, you could have your personal page where you only, only interact with people you are truly friends with, your family, people like that. Then you can have a public page, just like a business would, that is your 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 on-screen image, you know, you, that that vision of you as to how you want people to see you from a professional perspective. And I've seen a lot of people do that, whether it's that they're hiding something or just they want to keep some things private. You know, that's a, a good way to go is to have that, that public page. And from there, you can be posting, say, links to articles about your industry, tips, techniques, all of those. But the rules are different. So you, you can't limit them. You can't manage it as closely as you can your personal page. Right. Mm-hmm. Your, your business page, you know, people like it. They are not connected as friends. I've had some people, and, and a, a lot of times I deal with this with the military, where they'll have a real sort of covert personal page. And mm-hmm. it's a picture of a, of a dish pan. And it's, right. you know, it's nothing connected to their name. Mm-hmm. And my question is, so what's the point? You know, <laughs> it has nothing right. to do with you and it's not traceable back to you. Um, it really doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it is, you know, I understand why people want to have, you know, that, that private space on there. But, you know, it's, it's tricky because, you know, say it's somebody who wants to connect with their personal friends on, you know, on Facebook on one place and, you know, talk about, say, their high school reunion. Well, if they've set up that profile so it's so hidden, well, people can't find it. Um, right. And what happens is Facebook's, you know, its algorithms are as complicated as, as Google's. It starts looking at birth dates. It looks at similar friends, all of these various things. And pretty soon it figures out, hey, you know, person A and person B might actually be the same person. And if it really does figure that out, they just delete the pages, you know. And, and so it, it's, it's a tricky kind of a road to go down. Well, in the concept of privacy, we often think of as, you know, you and I are engaging actively online, but if I have a page that is locked down and is hidden, but you and I are engaging online, what prevents that other person from taking a screenshot of our yep. conversation, Definitely. and all of a sudden it's public, so mm-hmm. your whole concept of privacy has just gone out mm-hmm. the window. Right. And that's why I say, you know, anything you type into an instant message, a text message, or something that starts with www, you are making that information public. 
You know, and, and I think that's where so many people get confused or, you know, just don't understand. It really is, you know, it's, it's a conversation between two people. And, you know, what was the saying? It's a, it's no longer a secret once you tell one other person. Exactly. You know, if you're telling them online, then you do have basically given them the ability to share with anybody. You know, maybe it was a picture and you posted it with your privacy settings high, all of those various things. Well, there's this tricky little thing, and I'm going to do it right now just so that I can tell people exactly what it says. If I do a right click on any image, now this is anywhere, so it doesn't matter what privacy settings are or anything like that. So I did a right click. I get view image, copy image, copy image location, save image as, so I could yep. save that picture to my hard drive, email image. I could email that. So maybe I email that picture of somebody at... You know, doing something they're not supposed to. I email that to their boss or their spouse. You could set it as your desktop background. Now that's a little scary. You could, and you know, all these other various things. So it's, it's so critical what you just said. It's not private. You know, just because you thought it was doesn't mean it. Well, and anybody can take a screenshot as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So we are already at the bottom of the hour. We're going to go ahead and, and take a break. And when we come back, let's talk more about how we might fix some things that you know that have gone wrong how to definitely intentionally say moving forward from a certain point really think about what is that image and that that personal online branding that you're going to have and then how to transition that into the offline world too okay great thank you for being a friend travel down a road and Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Or working harder than ever but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our information, you can lead a happier life, work from home, and start earning great money fast. I was a a traditional business owner, and our business was affected greatly by the economy, so we are looking for another income stream. It allowed me to actually walk away from a 16-year career and part owner in a traditional business just after eight months. Go to freedom1000.com, get out of the rat race, work from home, and start earning great money fast. I'm a single mom. Before this business, I was over $90,000 in credit card debt alone, and now We go to Disneyland, Disney World. We've been on vacations to Hawaii. I never could have done that before this business. Go to freedom1000.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom1000.com. Freedom1000.com. And start earning great money fast. It's a fact. You can make thousands of dollars flipping houses. Discover the secret house flipping formula from Dave and Pete, the stars of A&E's number one hit show, Flipping Boston, for free. Hi, it's Pete and Dave. We're giving you our flipping formula for free. It's what we use to find the right house, flip it fast, and get paid. It's time to stop just talking about flipping houses and start doing it. Now is one of the best times in history. USA Today reported that you can make thousands of dollars in profit flipping houses. In New York City, the average profit was over 118 grand. 
grand. Omaha, it's over 71000 bucks. Lake Havasu, Arizona, the profit per flip was $87,000. And we're going to show you how we do it for free. Stop dreaming. The houses are there. The opportunity will never be better. And for a limited time, the flipping formula is free. Call now, 877-352-6835. For your free flipping formula strategy guide DVDs, just pay processing. That's 877-352-6835. 877-352-6835. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a cop. And we are back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today is Lita Citroen. Welcome back, Lita. How are you? I'm great, Deb. How are you? Great, great. Well, first and foremost, tell people how they find you online. Well, my website is Lita360, and that's L-I-D-A, 360.com. I also have a lot of information on YouTube. I have a blog. All of my content can be accessed from Lita360.com. And and I do have a lot of articles and tip sheets and great ways that you can learn more about personal branding and read my book, which is uh, also linkable through Lita360.com. Perfect. Great. You know, and, and I have Lita's book. It's called Reputation 360, Creating Power Through Personal Branding. <coughs> Excuse me. And it really is a great way to really look at what people see of you, whether it's in the real world or online, and make conscious decisions about that. Absolutely. I mean, it is all about getting control. And I think that's the thing that people look for when they're either going online or they're trying to figure out how to network or build their image or understand their body language is how do I be intentional? How do I be in control of this? I don't want to leave it to someone else's discretion how I'm going to be judged. Definitely. You know, and and that kind of leads me into this next topic. So, you know, somebody's been posting online, using it mainly just for fun, and all of a sudden they want to get a promotion at work or a new job. How do they kind of transition from being that happy-go-lucky, I'm going to post anything I want, into I'm a a business professional? Um, And and pardon me if I didn't get the question right because I'm getting a lot of feedback. Um, if, if you're if you're asking, you know, if how do you sort of change personalities online? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think that the first and foremost thing is to be open and authentic and forthcoming with your audience online. Um, you know, I I'm connected to a lot of people who will share very personal information. Um, that's a rule that I made for myself that I wouldn't do. So if I have a family member who's sick or I'm personally going through something that I want to keep close. Um, I don't choose to share that. Other people I know do choose to share that. What's going to happen the day that those people who choose to share a lot of personal information decide that they want to button it up? Um, so it doesn't look like uh, somebody did something wrong or, you know, they got their hands slapped. I would encourage them to share that with their audience to say, you know, I'm moving into a management position and, I think it's going to be really important that I become more discreet about some of the personal information that I share. 
Um, You always, always want to share information that is consistent and complies with your company's guidelines. So oftentimes companies will say, if you move into management or you move into the C-suite, now the the rules on you are that you can't give a a recommendation to someone on LinkedIn. You can't be... Uh, you can't talk about your job. You have to put a disclaimer in your Twitter profile that says, you know, these are my comments and do not reflect my company. So you always want to make sure that whatever you're posting online is consistent and complies with your company guidelines. Great. You know, we're, we're both getting a lot of feedback. I know we're not getting feedback on the air, but we're going to take a break. And Lita, let's both of us hang up and call back in, and we should be okay. Okay. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way My hat is off Won't you stand yep. up and take I'm here Oh, that sounds better. That sounds much better. I, I couldn't hear. I, could, I, was, I was on a delay, and then everything you were saying was on delay, but I could hear you saying new things, so I couldn't even hear what you were saying. Great. Okay, so we are back. Um, I Yay. am Deb Creer, and, and we, we're not hearing double echoes w- anymore. This was, we Yay. were definitely having problems. So um, let's let's kind of go back through that again very okay. quickly. What I had asked Lita was, you know, someone has, you know, they've been having fun online. They, you know, they posted maybe some political cartoons. They posted, you know, some links to some things that had, you know, a little salty language, all these various things. And then they're thinking, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm up for promotion at work or I want to get a new job. How do they go back? You know, and, and obviously they can go back and just completely delete posts, but how do they from this point forward manage their online reputation in a way that really makes them look professional? You know, whether you've made a mistake and you're trying to clean it up, whether you're trying to move to a more professional or whether you're just starting out, my best advice is to always balance the information. So when you can balance the information between sharing information, you know, here's a great article on Google Analytics. Here's a great um, book on on building your personal brand. Here's, you know, sharing information that you think your audience would enjoy that is along the lines of how you want to be known. Mm-hmm. That's step one. The second is to um, build awareness. So did you know, um, here's something that I thought was interesting. And so you're, you're sharing information. You're actually forwarding information. You're building awareness. Then the third part can be kind of selling yourself. So, you know, hey, I'm looking forward to speaking in New York next week for this entrepreneur group, um, and I'm going to be talking about personal branding. So if you, if your company needs someone to talk about personal branding, be sure to give me a call. You know, I'm selling my services. I'm promoting myself. If there's a blend of those three, then your audience gets to know you as a real person. It's still very professional. And that second category can be, in, you know, in building awareness can be a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, this is what my family did over the weekend. Look at the picture of the dog in front of the fireplace. Isn't it cute? Um, but if it's all one and not the others, then it tends to get very, you know, um, narrow. 
So when mm-hmm. all, when all somebody's doing is talking about their new book and their articles and their and how you can hire them, that's too salesy. But if you forget to do that, then you've missed an opportunity to let your audience know how they can engage with you. Right. And my recommendation is always to keep those three in mind. Balance it out with a little bit of personal information. You know, share things that matter to you and that make you look like a real person. But don't forget that you can promote, you can sell online, um, and you should be celebrating the success and sharing information of others by sharing information. You know, and, and I always have people that tell me, well, I'm only on Facebook just for personal use, which, you know, that's fine. That's what they're, they want to do. But my response is always, so you're assuming that the people you're connected with couldn't in any way ever give you a referral, couldn't become a potential client, all of those. And they look at me like, wow, really? You mean I could ask my best friend for a potential, you know, an introduction to a potential job? Sure. (laughs) But Uh if you did things where your friend is thinking, I'm not going to jeopardize my own reputation by recommending her, that's where the problem comes in. Or I don't know enough about what she does. Right. And that's where, you know, we just assume that the people who know us know what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you need to make it real clear to people that, hey, if this is the kind of speaker you're looking for, you need a consultant in this area, here's how you get in touch with me. And oftentimes we think because we're posting so much that everybody just knows that. Um, but it's really, it's about having that blend. It's about having that balance, just like you would in person. Mm-hmm. If I went up to you in a networking event and all I did was talk to you about how you could get a hold of me and how you could hire me and what my fees were and what my services were, that would be a very boring conversation. Yeah. And if we had a wonderful networking conversation, but I didn't hand out my card and I didn't tell you what I did for a living, that would be a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you hit it right there. We should be communicating with people online just like we do in person. You know, whether yeah. it's a networking event or, you know, in their house for, you know, a, a meal, something like that. If you wouldn't say it to them in person, then you shouldn't say it online. And if it's business, you'll know, remember to remind them that it is, especially, yeah. you know, because you might have changed what you're doing. You know, you mentioned the fact that people miss those things. So what if, say, I add a different type of presentation that I'm giving? Well, you know, I love my friends, but they're not psychic. <laughs> so I right. need to gently tell them what I'm doing, too. Some of us are psychic. Yes, yes. Well, I know you are. <laughs> um, you know, and, and people also need to keep in mind that what they post can cost them their job or clients. I was yeah. uh, doing some research earlier today on, on something and came across this gentleman who was a chief financial officer being paid lots and lots of money. And his posts on Twitter cost him his job. Now, he had been posting, you know, he, he did, you know, posted about when he, baseball games, family things, all those various things. But then he did cross over and post about business. And of course, that was what caught him. And so one of the, you know, some of the posts that he did on Twitter, he said things like, dinner with the board tonight used to be fun. Now one must be on guard every second. Okay, if you're the board, you're thinking, really? And then he says, earnings released. Conference call. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to turn my phone off. Earnings released. Conference call completed. How do you like me now, Mr. Shorty? Well, you know, oh. who was Mr. Shorty? Right. <laughs> you know? and, well, and, we, and, we, and we get that false sense of anonymity that we talked about earlier. Right. You know, the person who wants to share how excited they are that they just found out that they're pregnant and they're going to wait three months to tell their mm-hmm. boss. Yes. Um, and they forget that they're connected on LinkedIn or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, or that maybe they're it, connected with their boss's assistant or their boss's right. wife or, you know, all of those various things. Exactly. 
you know, the other piece. Uh, you know, I think that is where people forget is it's not who you're connected to. It's who they're connected to. Right. And that works, too, for business development. So if you're a small business owner or you're a consultant or an entrepreneur and you're trying to network and you're trying to build that relationship, it may, like you said, it may not be that person directly that you're connected to, but it might be someone they know. Mm-hmm. And how you communicate what it is you do in a succinct way is kind of like what we call the elevator pitch. Right. And we practice that a lot when it comes to um, in-person networking. You know, how do I communicate in 30 seconds or 15 seconds what it is I do and make you want to either hire me or refer me? And I will tell you for your listeners, I have a free cheat sheet on oh, my okay. website. If you go to lita360.com and you go to the tab that says store, there is on the right-hand side, you can click and download a free cheat sheet that teaches you how to write that elevator pitch. And it's just as relevant in person as it is online. Um, because I get asked all the time, so what is it you do? And somebody will ask me that on Facebook or ask me on LinkedIn if they're a new connection to me. And I have to be able to articulate that quickly because mm-hmm. all my other audience might be watching and they might have been connected to me for a couple of weeks and not really got the hang of what I do, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm focused on those three areas and I am selling. Um, so being able to come up with that elevator pitch is really important for online networking. Well, and, you know, it, it is something that you should have at any point in time ready to just say to somebody. Yeah. You know, and, and because you never know who it is. It could be that you're sitting in Starbucks and you're just chatting with a friend and somebody overhears and says, hey, excuse me, would you mind telling me what you do? You don't want to go, ebbity, 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 ebbity. Right, right. Which and then the same yeah. yeah, you know, the same thing goes with online. You don't want to say, you yeah. know, I'll get back to you. Because by exactly. the time you get back to, get back to them, they've gone on to something else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it is, it is one of those really important parts of networking. And, um, this cheat sheet will give you my secrets for creating a really good elevator pitch. And, uh, I'd love to hear from any of, any of your audience that does this and tries it and will let me know how it worked out for them. Cool, great. Sure. You know, and, and it, it crosses over into everything we do. You know, you have to have that good elevator pitch because it should be your statement on Google Plus. It should be, you know, all of these various places. You know, we mentioned earlier, there's the consistency. You know, any place you have that professional presence, you should be saying the same thing. Now, maybe not word for word. And and that is where people get caught up. You know, we're on Facebook to be entertained. We're on LinkedIn for information. So, you know, and, and all these other sites. So if you say the exact same thing in the exact words over and over, well, you know, then you're the broken record. You can rewrite it for the platform, but it's the same basic information. Well, and, and you have to keep in mind the audience. So if right. I'm in a networking situation with a bunch of marketing people, I don't have to explain what a brand is. But if I'm, you know, with uh, Yellow Page directory publishers and they don't know what brand means in the way that I do, I have to be able to explain it. So my elevator pitch is always going to be modified for not just the environment, but for the audience as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I think that really is probably one of the most important things for people to keep in mind is who is your audience? You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a job, what you're going to say online is very different than you know, what you're just talking about in general, um, you know, all of those various things, who is going to read it, what is going to be their takeaway, if that's the only thing they hear, what will be, you know, what, what will they think about you? 
Well, in, in the days of job hunting where we spammed resumes and we went into these online portals and just sent a resume to anything that could possibly fit has really changed. And it is very much about what I call pull strategy as opposed mm-hmm. to a push strategy. Right. Um, so you never know where that recruiter is going to come from, where that job, you know, a hiring manager is going to find you. It might be on LinkedIn. I have had national and international media find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But that isn't where they stop. So they'll look at me on LinkedIn. They'll see my background. They'll see all the testimonials. But then they'll go to my website. Then they might go to my Twitter. Then they might look at some of the videos on YouTube, um, which are all these tutorials on how to do everything from an elevator pitch to understand your audience. And and they'll vet me. So it isn't just the one place. Mm -hmm. It's it's really about being consistent across all social media. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start building credibility and, and know that you will be found more so than pushing your information out to other people. And that's whether you're growing a business or you're trying to find a job in a business. Well, and I think what you said is is so critical. It's not just the one place. You know, someone might think, gee, I'm looking for a new job, so I'm going to have an absolutely fabulous LinkedIn profile. But then what they're posting on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, MySpace or some of those sites is horrendous. Um, I've had it happen twice where I've gotten a phone call and someone has said, I am interviewing X person for X job, and I see mm-hmm. that you're friends with her on Facebook. Tell me about her. Sure. You know, so what would somebody say? And I think that's what it ultimately comes back to, and, and you've mentioned that several times, is if you're, you're online friends, whether you've known them for, you know, since you were five years old or you just met them online 20 minutes ago, what would they say about you? And it, it's an interesting thing. I think I'm going to pose a question in in uh, a blog post of mine. You know, in one sentence, tell me what you think of me. Just to see, or you know, tell me about myself or the impression. You know, I'll, I'll work on the wording. But what would people say? Yeah. Well, it's something we should always do periodically. But mm-hmm. um, and that, that goes to, like, the LinkedIn recommendations. I don't leave that to chance. If somebody says, you know, if they take time and they write a recommendation, but they don't use my keywords, or they talk about, you know, wow, Lita, you know, she's such a fun speaker and she really entertained us. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be entertaining, right. but there's yes. got to be a lot of information. There's got to mm-hmm. be a lot of, you know, walk the takeaway points. And, and so I have those critical message points that I want to make sure that's part of my strategy is in every recommendation so that somebody evaluating me would see mm-hmm. that. And I would go back to the person who offered that recommendation and say, would you mind changing this to this and this mm-hmm. to this? And they're more than happy to do it. Right. Yeah, because, because they want to give a good recommendation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we don't think that we have the ability to, to manage that. Mm-hmm. And so our, our endorsements or our recommendations on LinkedIn look like, you know, they're all over the place and mm-hmm. they don't give the viewer a clear idea of what they would be getting. Mm-hmm. Well, and when someone first asks for a recommendation, it's perfectly acceptable to say, you know, hey, Lita, we worked together on this project doing this in 1992. Would you write me a recommendation about it? If I just said, we worked together, would you give me a recommendation? Your recommendation would be, Deb Career is a great person to work with and very professional. <laughs> oh, whoopee. Right, and that but means if I, nothing. But if I had those words in there to start with, and sometimes it is to jog their memory. You know, we all like to think that we're very memorable, but a lot of times you have to remind someone, here is you know what was going on. Now, you know, you want to ask for the recommendations sooner rather than later, but maybe it sure. is somebody who's going back in and working on their LinkedIn profile and connecting with people they worked with, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. They have to remind them. Um, and, and as you said, if it's not quite right, 
go back to them and ask them to fix it. I've had, you know, I've, I've made requests of people to spell my name right, which, you know, you probably yeah. have that problem. <laughs> you know, and, and, and because they're taking the time to do it, they want it to be correct. So right. don't, you know, now you obviously have to be tactful when you're writing the, the response back, but yeah, they, they want it to be a good recommendation too, or they wouldn't have taken the time to have done it. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. You know, and, and I think, you know, social media is, and we've, we've mentioned this several times, we do think that it is a private space. And if anything, it's the exact opposite. It's a fishbowl. You know, mm-hmm. and whatever we post there is, it's public, but it's, it's more than that. People are making their impressions, they're making their judgments, they're making their decisions, and it really does hinder or help you and a lot of times you don't even know it. Right. Well, and it, it is part of how you position yourself. Mm-hmm. So when, when my clients say, you know, we need to hire you to help us repair our reputation online, that's not that's not how it works. It isn't right. a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're not, if you want to build a reputation as someone who's community-oriented and you're talking about all these things online and you're supporting and liking and validating all of these online groups, but you're not contributing in person... It falls apart. If people mm-hmm. aren't starting to, you know, give you credibility and assign you respect for being community oriented, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It is a holistic piece and social media is a channel. And if mm-hmm. you use it for marketing, it is one marketing channel right. in amongst all the marketing channels that companies use. So, you know, what should we give up and, and, and put our efforts towards social media? I don't know. I mean, how, how much time, how much money do you want to spend? Social media is not free. No. The tools can be free, but the amount of effort and time and strategy and metrics that it takes, mm-hmm. um, it's not free. And it should be used judiciously in, in a very intentional way. Well, and sometimes it not only is it not free, it costs people in the long run. You know, we, we mentioned the gentleman who lost his job. There was the, the hullabaloo there a couple of weeks ago where Applebee's, uh, had, you know, they had the waitress who posted the picture, the photo, um, of the receipt of the, the person who uh, refused to tip. You know, all of that aside, how Applebee's handled it wasn't good because they had 20, 30,000 people a day going to their Facebook page and posting. And what they did was they cut and pasted their company policy. So, you know, that wasn't good. And then they just completely shut the page down. Well, you know, all of those things, it just made that build. So unfortunately, what it means is sometimes people think, well, I'm not going to go online at all. But what's important to remember is if people are talking about you, they're talking about you. So it's better to be part of that conversation. And if there's, you know, misinformation, bad information, things you need to fix, you need to fix those. You know, we we can't be the ostrich, you know, burying our head in the sand any longer. Right. Well, and, and why not take advantage of a tool that is so powerful? Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and we, we do our research there, you know, especially with the new graph search that Facebook is implementing. We're looking to see what restaurants our friends like, what movies, you know, all of those various things. And then, of course, we just do our general research. So the, the more you have out there that is hopefully good, the better that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep on top of it, like you said. You know, know mm-hmm. what's being said. Google yourself. Set up those Google alerts and um, and just stay ahead of it. Is it, is it a lot of work? Yes. Yeah. Is not being online costly? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So, absolutely. Well, and to me, the worst thing is to start and then stop. 
Uh, you yeah. know, you go to a page and it hasn't had a post, whether it's, you know, if it's somebody's personal account, I don't really care. But if it's, you know, something pertaining to business, whether it's a, a person's business page or a business's business page or their LinkedIn account, all of those various things, if if it's clear that they were there and then haven't done anything for months, sometimes years, right. more than likely, I just skip over them. You know, if, if I was yeah. looking at somebody's LinkedIn profile and they hadn't done anything, you know, maybe I'm, I'm looking to hire somebody for a job. If I see that they're not current there, then it, that forms my impression that they might not be current in other ways. Well, exactly. Or what are the, how are they using social media? That mm-hmm. it, it really isn't to engage in conversation with me. It's for some other purpose that I'm not particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, we are almost at the top of the hour. You know, this okay. has been great. It's always so much fun when we have you on because you have such good information for people. Again, tell everybody how they how they contact you and how they connect with you. Well, I'm on pretty much every social network that is um, that is out there that Deb has told me about. Um, and my website is www.lida, L-I-D-A, 360.com, and again, from there, you can connect to all my YouTube videos, which are free. I have articles and media interviews, and you can find out more about my book on Lita360.com. Great. You know, make sure that you download the elevator pitch on the cheat sheet. That's yep. just right there on the, the store. It's a free resource. I'm looking at it right now and thinking, oh, <laughs> some things I need to redo. And, and I guess that's probably the thing we need to end with is constantly be looking at things what do you need to redo and don't be afraid to redo it yeah it you know personal brands evolve they mm-hmm. don't um they don't change we don't reinvent ourselves it's not a term that i'm happy with but we mature we evolve and if you've made mistakes in the past online that doesn't mean you need to run away from it just be proactive going forward from this day forward and you'll move mountains with what you can do mm-hmm Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much. Sorry we had a little technical problems. The nice thing was they weren't on their end. It was just you and I. Um, But we will have you back again when, you know, because this is such an important topic that I think we need to cover probably, you know, more than once or twice a year. Good. Well, I'm happy to be here. It's always great to talk to you and your fans at Mile High Radio. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. And until next time, you can listen to the archives. Make sure that you catch Lita at Lita360. If you haven't connected with me, why the heck not? You can find all my information at debcreer.com. And we look forward to connecting. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.